Welcome, everybody, to Doing Business with a Servant's Heart. And I'm a true servant here in a tough industry we were just talking about earlier, insurance. But he's making it, I say, sexy, but simplified and allows you to really utilize what you need and have to have. Ryan, welcome to the show. Uh, Steve, it's great to be here, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Why insurance? Why did you jump in insurance? Well, it's every little boy and girl's dream when they're five years old is to work in the insurance industry. I mean, that's just <laughs> no, no. Uh, the truth is um, I met this woman. Um, I really liked her and I wanted to marry her. And her father basically made becoming an insurance agent for his local independent insurance agency, the dowry for her, for her hand in marriage. And uh, I, I joke, but really it was, uh, you know, my, my then girlfriend, um, then she became my wife, you know, my ex-wife, but we had a wonderful <laughs> children and we're still very friends and life happens. But, uh, but I was, um, we were at a Christmas party and I'd been dating her for a year and a half. It was probably fairly obvious that I was uh, going to propose um, to her at some point. And um, uh my father, my who then became my father-in-law, he calls me out of the Christmas party into this, you know, one of those offices in his house that that like, you know, these kind of, we'll call them business owners and successful people have that are so uncomfortable. You can't imagine anyone actually working in there and doing business, but it's got the high leatherback seats and the wood paneling and all that. And we're sitting in there and uh, and he sits down and his uh, his son, my my ex-brother-in-law, you know, standing behind him over his shoulder. And I'm I'm literally thinking like, I'm either getting whacked or they're going to make me an offer. I can't refuse. You know what I mean? And as an Irish guy, that makes you a little nervous, right? We, some of those scenarios, we didn't come out in history so well. So, uh, so, so what he actually says is, Hey, you know, I heard that you're not particularly happy in what you're doing. And I was doing this consulting job for an accounting firm at the time. He said, um, have you ever thought about sales? I said, yes. He said, I think that with everything that's going on in your life, I can teach you how to be a successful salesperson. Would you ever consider it? And um, he could ask me to do just about anything in that moment. And I would say, yes. Uh, so I did. I accepted his offer. And um, uh, I, you know, seven, that was 17 years ago. Uh, I'm, I'm 42 years old. And uh, I'm blessed with falling in love with an industry that I feel like is this little known secret that so many people disregard. But uh, I absolutely love it. Um, there's amazing people. I feel like we do amazing work in this space. And it's a pleasure to try to evangelize that to audiences like yours. I love the evangelize because we need to know it better leading to, we talked about it earlier, the misnomer of insurance. Let's talk about that a little bit that you've learned over the 17 years. Yeah. So I uh, just, for the audience's kind of edification, I, I primarily work in the commercial insurance space, like 95 plus percent of the business that I uh, founded um, and then the CEO of uh, Rogue Risk is the name of that business. Um uh, we just do commercial. So I'm going to talk about small business owners. I have a passion for small business. I love small business. I believe very much in the American dream and the American community. And small businesses are the lifeblood of American community. They give them culture. They give them the the little the little nooks and crannies. The 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 sharp edges come from come from small business, right? Uh, so um, I've just always enjoyed business people. The way they think. They're 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 you got to have something wrong with you to be a business owner. Like there's got to be some wires disconnected somewhere because there's just uh, all these ridiculous problems and issues that you have to solve and find unique and dynamic ways to do it. And, and we all have that struggle. And 
um, one of the things that I realized throughout my career, and um, so thankfully I had the opportunity to work for eight years as a boots on the ground producer, got to see how the traditional insurance agency works. And then the next eight, uh, well, I guess uh, in this case, to make the math work, uh, six years, um, I did, uh, I worked in insurance technology businesses on a national level. So as a chief marketing officer for two different national technology companies in the insurance industry. So I got to see both sides of the equation. When I realized and and that there was a there was a opportunity there was a there was a missed a missed service offering um, in small business in particular because small business and and I know this is going to probably blow everyone's minds but the profit margins in insurance are not large the the cash these cash reserves that oftentimes get used against insurance companies is like look at all the money they have they can't spend that money they 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 need that money so that. When someone's house burns down or something really terrible happens, they need that money to, you know, we can't be like SVB, right? Like Silicon Valley Bank. We actually have to have the money to pay the claims. Like we can't have a, you know, an insurance company fail or people's lives get ruined. And um, and, and we're held to regulatory standards that in some cases are actually stricter from a, from a cash reserve standpoint yeah. than, than the banks that are now failing left and right. So, so all that being said, small business is very tough. Uh, to 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 make profitable. So what you see is people, you either get uh, smaller agencies who don't have a lot of resources serving small business, yeah. which is great. Absolutely love that. that. That's what it should be. And then you see these really large organizations providing small business insurance. And what happens, unfortunately, is the really large organizations are unwilling to invest the technology, the service offerings, to, to small businesses because they're quote unquote unprofitable. And then the small businesses, the local small businesses that are usually family owned, they don't have the resources or reach to deliver those. So I, what I wanted to do in a very long winded way of answering this question <laughs> was I wanted to pull together the best of digital with the best of traditional and, and be able to push down to small businesses that enterprise level service that they should expect and demand, but do it in a way that was affordable and kind of easy and, and still had that connection to a human that you would get if you were working with like your buddy who you played golf with. So um, uh, we call it uh, a human optimized agency. And our core belief is this idea of no customer left behind. If you call us, we will find a solution for you, even if it's not our agency. That's our guarantee. If you call my agency, you call Rogue Risk, and we have people all over the country. Um, we hire a lot of single moms. We hire a lot of people, a lot of a lot of people who are who've been kind of tossed out. We we call ourselves like the island of missive toys because I hire the people and I give them opportunities who maybe um, don't fit the traditional way that insurance has always been done. And I do that because these are the people who are willing to dedicate themselves to customers. So when you call. If we can't find, I'm, I, this sounds, it sounds like a commercial and I kind of hate it, but um, <laughs> if you call us, um, even if we're not the right fit for you, I will refer you or our company will refer you to somebody else. And we've given away a lot of business because we just weren't the right person. And um, that maybe that's the, that's a very long winded commercially way of saying, uh, you know, we're trying to do something a little different. And you are, and you're serving, doing business with a servant's heart. You just explained that in the last two minutes commercial or not, a lot of businesses chase the money and they'll do whatever they can to keep the client and not give it up like you did. Yeah. And that's a fortune to you. And that's a God bless you for doing that. With insurance, we've talked about not being say it's just uh, not a sexy topic. It's a needed thing. Tell us a story of putting these two platforms as you learned together that was successful. You got a story or two that you want to share? 
Yeah. So I'll give you like, um, I'll give you an example of a process in our business okay. that um, has been very successful that I think speaks to uh, speaks to our, to our, to our customers. So when most people go to buy insurance, unfortunately, insurance, most insurance entities, uh, digital, traditional, or otherwise keep bankers hours and bankers hours are the most ridiculous hours that exist in the world because they make it, it's like, I have a job from eight 30 to five 30 and the bank's only open from nine to four. So how the hell do I ever get there right now? Thankfully, online banking, that's become a little easier, but uh, most that's the case in the insurance industry as well. Most of these people keep bankers hours. So we use tools. Uh, one of those one of those tools is is a video proposal tool, which which isn't rocket science, but but we use this tool and we have a whole process and we set expectations and what we give to our customers, right? Because um, you ever you ever buy a car? I'm sure some of your audiences buy that bought a used car, mm-hmm. right? You you go to the lot and you start walking around and um. Hi, buddy. I'm on the phone. I asked Papa to tell you. Sorry. That's my okay. kids just got family. home from school. I love family. Yeah. So <laughs> for everyone listening, my youngest son just got in from school. <laughs> That's um, great. It's all good. So, uh, so you know, I, I hire, I, I said I hire a lot of a lot of single moms and it's because I'm a single dad. So I, I can Amen. feel it and I try to do all that. So, um, okay. So, so one of the things that we use is, is video proposal. And the reason that we do that is because when you go buy a used car, the thing that the, the the reason trust is very very difficult to establish is because you you never feel like you have all the same information that the car dealer does right no matter how much research you do online CarMax Carvana some of these different tools have helped but you still don't know what you don't you feel like you don't have all the info you feel like you're you're still you're 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 playing from a position of weakness you're you're you feel you're worried you have blind spots right. And um, what I hate that experience, I just hate it. And I, I hate any situation in which, in which, you know, you're interacting with someone and and they feel like they're coming from a place of weakness. You can't have real conversations. You can't build real trust and commitment and connection um, when you are pulling some sort of sales gimmick or trick on someone to get them to buy something. And, you know, and a lot of it has to do with psychological principles that put them in boxes or put them in place of weakness. And they see you as a power figure. And, and I think, I get that that works. What yeah. I don't think it does is create true genuine connection because I need to have a customer for three years to make a profit. Year one, I lose money on every customer I write. Every single customer, I lose money year one. Year two, we break even. Year three, we start to make a profit. So if I write someone, I have to do what's right by them because if I don't and they don't stick around, I just did a whole bunch of work to lose money. So, okay. So getting back to video proposals, how we use this process is when we, after we talk to people and we, we have a whole, you know, to get the information out of them and we try to do it in a conversational way and understand what the real problems are and, and all that kind of stuff. And then what we deliver is a process in which we have this three-part video proposal. And the reason that we do this is one, you most likely in our first interaction are talking to me during business hours. Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste any more of your time during the day because if you are a leader or a manager or a risk manager or the uh, a small business owner, the last thing you need is to spend more time in the middle of your day on things that do not create profit. So, so the reason we use video proposals is one, I want you to be able to consume my proposal to you when when it's most appropriate and convenient for you, right? Mm-hmm. So that gives them freedom. And that actually proves out in the results, uh, 80, 80 plus percent of all the video proposals that we send are viewed after 
uh, 5 p.m. And it only drops down to like 50 percent are after when you if you bump it up to 7 p.m., which means 50 percent. And we send out hundreds of these. I mean, we do a decent amount of business, a hundred of these every month, 50 percent or more are watched after 7 p.m. Right. And, and what and what and what we are doing during the day in all our businesses, and maybe this is something you can pick up regardless of what your business is, but certainly in the insurance industry is what we do is we try to wedge into their schedule. Hey, I need another meeting to sell you this thing. I'm not selling anything. I am providing you with my best recommendations on a coverage carrier and pricing combination that I feel serves you. Will, will will be will be cost effective and competitively priced and it is the right thing to do for you. If you say no, it's no skin off my back. I'm good at marketing. I can go find someone else who might be interested. But so but I'm not going to sell you. I want it to be convenient. I want you to understand. So what video proposals allowed us to do is be convenient, be on their time and I get to walk them through in a video for austerity, I'm not doing some Zoom bait and switch where I'm not recording and you can't really remember what you heard. You have, you can watch it 20 times if you want, right? The mm-hmm. little circle thing, we use Loom. It's a very, really, you know, it's a tool that everyone can get. It's a little circle with the with the actual policy from the carrier. And look, these carrier proposals are ugly. They're gross. They're not branded to us. And, but what it is, is exactly what I get. So now I am giving you in a little synopsis written down like a narrative in the email, the video that I actually record, which is no more than five minutes, most of the time like three. And then I attach the actual physical copy of the proposal that I get mm-hmm. from the carrier. And I send all of that to the customer so that customer can watch it as many times as they want. It, everything I have for austerity purposes or said is, is yeah. recorded. You can watch it. And then you actually have access to absolutely everything that I, I have access to from a pricing and coverage perspective. So the next time we get on the phone, and I will tell you, done right, most people do not want another phone call. The next time we speak, you, Steve, have as much power as I do. And we're having a real conversation. And that, to me, is the type of business that I want to be part of. That's powerful because you're educating and customizing and giving away the kitchen sink in a sense. Yeah. But it's to serve the customer. Yeah. That's the key. And, and I'll tell you, man, I get a lot of pushback from my peers. They'll say, well, if you do that, they'll just take your proposal and give it to their current agent. And I said, well, that's a great way to figure out that they're not supposed to be our customer. That's yeah. all. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like to me, I there are at any given time somewhere between 31 and 33 million small businesses in the United States. If I, I need 10,000 to kind of, be the size business that I want to be mm-hmm. 10,000. I can find 10,000 small business owners who enjoy the way we do business, who appreciate it, who are going to respect our process, respect us as much as we respect them. And if a couple of them take our work and give it to their agent and that's what they want to do, all they're telling me is they're not one of the 10,000. That's it. That's all they're telling me. I don't take it personally. I don't get mad. Uh, I just, Hey, it's not my favorite thing. You know, I mean, it's not like I enjoy it. You wouldn't choose it. But I think we can learn from it. Maybe I didn't present the information in a proper way. I certainly, uh, maybe uh, there was a qualifying question or something I didn't ask. Maybe I skipped the step in asking, uh, hey, your twin sister is is an insurance agent. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like maybe I forgot to ask a couple of things. So it's it's all just good learning. But yeah, no, the point is, I think... um, I think we get caught up sometimes. It's very easy to get caught up in sales. How much did I sell? 
and uh, you, you got to sell to have a business. I'm, I'm sure. this is a for profit entity, and I'm yeah. I strongly believe in capitalism and uh, all <laughs> the things that come along with that viewpoint. However, I think there is a right way to do it, um, and I, that's oftentimes. I think the negative feelings that some people have towards capitalism in general are because of individuals corrupting it um, at it in its purest form. I think it can be done in a way that is compassionate and empathetic. That's built on trust and respect. And um, that's what we're trying to do. But I, I love what you're saying because I think you get the wrong client. That's going to cause you more problems. That's going to cost you more money. And then they're going to quit in a year and you've lost money. So the looky Lou, the person looking around doesn't want to work with you. You just save yeah. money when they leave. Yeah. 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 And here's the other thing too. I think, um, so, so, so because, uh, the vast, so we, we do most of our, uh, our business comes from SEO. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we have a robust website and we have, uh, I would have to go check, but, <laughs> uh, we are often, we are either number one, two, or three in terms of most viewed insurance YouTube channels in the world. So, uh, and and I love YouTube. I do a ton of video. We do a ton of stuff and and reels and and we're testing TikTok, which is a really interesting platform um, for this kind of stuff. Uh, taking some of the like, you know, politics stuff out of it. Um, and uh, what we find is that by educating customers upfront, by literally giving every piece of knowledge, you know, I used to have this saying, um, we're no longer the gatekeepers of, of insurance information, right? Like there used to be a day where, Steve, if you want to know something about insurance, you had to come to my office, you had to sit down, you had to like sign papers, you'd like commit to doing business with us. And I'm one, that just sounds terrible yeah. Two, um, So we do the exact opposite. I give Every piece of information I have away, everything, how I feel about certain carriers, coverages, how different, how di varied, you know, these little tiny things uh, when everything was going down with SVB, uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, um, I did a video on it. Was it possible to put in an insurance claim? Because we actually had three customers inside it that had Silicon Valley Bank. One of them had six million bucks in there. And, um, you know, he was literally called me you know, like crying because um, he's can't pay his people and whatever. It was, that was terrible. Thankfully the depositors got taken care of, but yep. um, I basically did a video where I was like, look, there, there was one, there's one coverage. It's called contingent business interruption coverage. And I said, there is one coverage that could potentially you could file a claim for and recruit recoup at least some of what, mm -hmm. what you may have lost it. You know, it didn't end up being a, a scenario where there would have been a claim, but if like, say the government came in and said, nah, the 250 FDIC is it. That's it. That's all we're doing, right? Okay. So there was this coverage, contingent business interruption that had some gray area. But I was like, in the in the video, I even say you can go watch. It. I'm like, guys, this is a hail mary pass. Like, I, I don't, I'm not trying to like tell you that if you put it that this is guaranteed, it's not. It's not even close to guaranteed. I'm saying this type of thing is not a covered loss on a standard policy, not on an, on like a fully endorsed policy. There is one small piece this contingent business interruption coverage that is a Hail Mary pass that if you have a good relationship with your carrier, they may be able to get you something yeah. out of this coverage. And 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 you know, a lot of my a lot of my friends were like, were like, dude, why would like you gotta be calling people and trying to like tell people? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> like that's not how I roll. I was like, bro, I will, you know, I, I believe in the muse and the flow of the universe and you need to feed that flow with positive stuff. And if you're, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a taker. So, you know, I'm going to give, 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 give. And what the universe 
decides I deserve is going to come back to me. So like by saying to them, I wasn't going to try to snowball them and say, Hey, put a claim in for this. Cause Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily a good thing. What I wanted to say to them is if you're sitting there and you're desperate and you have no other option, this is the 50 yard bomb into the end zone that maybe your, you know, your, your carrier will find a way to get you some cash. But like, those are the kind of things I think we need to be doing. We need to be sharing this information. Yeah. And um, I think so many people are still afraid to do that for a bunch of reasons. Yeah. And fear is a big thing. COVID brought fear out to the world. Yeah. And that's what causes the looky lose and everything you just discussed, which is fantastic. Yeah. Love the information. Uh, how can uh, people reach out to you, Ryan? Yeah. So I'm big on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me. Um, unfortunately it's like Highlander and all the other Ryan Hanley's in the world, like hate <laughs> me. And, uh, I've actually gotten like these quasi hate messages from the other Ryan Hanley's that, like own page one at Google, but like, uh, LinkedIn's great. Um, you can check out my company, uh, roguerace.com. Just, you, you can just check it out and see what we do. Or, or if, you know, if you did need some questions around insurance, happy to help. Um, I also, uh, write and have a podcast. The podcast is very insurance specific. So, you know, whatever. But the the writing that I do is on Finding Peak, uh, Finding Peak Performance. So findingpeak.com. And uh, every Friday, I just write an article about business stories, life stories, relationship stories that um, create the heuristics that I try to operate my life through. And um, uh, those are kind of ubiquitous for for anybody. So those are the places. And uh, if anyone has any questions, comments, I'm I'm pretty open, dude, and happy to help however I can. You sound like him. Definitely reach out if you have insurance. Quite commercial. If you got personal, yeah. you know, don't reach out to him. But commercial, he's the expert. Yeah. With all this, you've already got experience as the one of the best educators in the world. But have you read any good books that's really helped you in your journey? Yeah, my um, uh, there's a book that basically changed my life back in 2017. Um, I uh, put on a conference, 350 people. It was amazing. Second day. Um, I get to the last, the last day of the conference. It's the last thing I'm the, I'm emceeing the conference and, um, it was supposed to be like a fireside chat. And I got to that moment and I looked across at the person that I was supposed to be kind of interviewing and, um, I had nothing left. The tank was empty. And when I say empty, I don't mean I was tired. I was like, like in trouble, like, like something was wrong. And I looked at him and thank God he saw what was going on and stood up and kind of took over. And I made this little like joke with like the last ounce of energy I have, which was like, ah, oh, it looks like, you know, I, uh, his name was Mike. I was like, it looks like Mike wants to take over, you know? And oh my gosh, I sat back in the chair and I, and I was like, I was, I was, I was in trouble. And it was because I had let my weight, I had let my diet, I'd let uh, in particular inflammation take over my life. And I read a book at that time, um, Uh, called 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Um, And that book, um, reading that book and the rules in that book, the life life rules that he presents um, and and thinking through them and how they apply to me and what I wanted out of my life, um, it changed my perspective. It changed how I approach day to day. Uh, I lost, in the next six months, I lost 27 pounds. Um, I, uh, became obsessed with an anti-inflammatory diet. It changed my relationship, my energy levels. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be the person that I am today, uh, which is pain-free, uh, energy filled, uh, obviously I'm probably annoying to people, but, um, uh, <laughs> uh, if I hadn't, if I hadn't had to read the hard questions that he asked in that book and ask them back to myself. So if you're, um, looking for something that is, 
and it's thick. It's a big read, but uh, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Love it. I love how it's changed your life. And I'm going to make sure that 12 Rules of Life. 12 Rules for Life. Yep. 12, 12 Rules, rules for, life. for Life. Yep. So I'm going to put that in the show notes, 12 Rules for Life. I'm going to check it out myself. And I appreciate you being very honest. Thank you for being on the show. You are yeah. a server. You're a servant. And I God Thank bless you. you for doing that and being educated and taking your experience of the two things that needed help and you put them together and you're helping people. Yeah. That is the bottom line. And audience, please reach out to him again. Reach out to Ryan Hanley, H-A-N-L-E-Y. Reach out to me if you need to find him. I'll get you to him because he's going to help you. I can guarantee that. Uh, and I'll put my money where my mouth is. I don't know what that'll be, but just let me know. With Steve, that being, I appreciate it, man. Yo, you're very welcome. Um, what's one tip? I know you probably have a lot, but what's one tip that you've learned over these years to be where you are today that can help the audience with their journey? Um, I'm going to give you one that's actually uh, something I'm working on right now. It's a new one, but it's had showed immediate dividends, which is uh, listen, listen, just be, just be quiet and and listen, right? Like when you ask a question, listen. And sometimes, sometimes I have, have this really bad habit of talking over the top of people or, finish, you know, I hear what they're saying and I'll get so excited, not because I don't care, but because um, and I apologize to the audience. My son came in again for the second time. No worries. <laughs> but um, beautiful. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I, I have this. I, I'll ask somebody a question, and then not, not because I don't care about their answer, but I'll get so excited that I'll, I'll just, you know, I won't let them finish or whatever. And um, I've started trying um, uh, to start listening to people, and what you find is conversations become much deeper, much richer, much more dynamic when you actually like shut up and, and listen to what the other person has to say. And it may sound silly, but I think if you did a little personal audit, you'd find that a lot of times you're not listening. Maybe you got your phone up or you got a podcast in one ear while you're talking to somebody in the other. And, um, and all these little distractions keep us from truly engaging. And um, that's, that's one I'm working on currently, but it's been, it's been pretty phenomenal. So 